Welcome to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. On this episode, we're chatting with Jake Thomas, the longest tenured member of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, who has signed for another year with the club, his 12th season. And we'll also talk to Scott Billick of the Winnipeg Sun, as the Winnipeg Jets have traded for Sean Monahan. Big swing today by Chevy. That's coming up on the podcast. Winnipeg Blue Bombers struck another name off their list of guys to sign today as they've brought back Jake Thomas for another year with the team. The longest tenured member of the squad into his now 12th season in blue and gold. And Jake joins us now on the show. Jake, it would feel wrong to see you in another jersey. So how do you feel about coming back for another year with the Bombers? Yeah, you know, obviously I'm really excited to be back and uh, I, I can't wait get back to Winnipeg and you know hopefully we're able to uh to finish it off this year and actually you know finish the season right and get that great cup back so the legal tampering window the negotiating window whatever you want to call it opens on Sunday it's not too far from now was there ever a thought of of waiting to get to that point or was it always going to be a Winnipeg Uh, I think the closer you get to the point it starts to creep into your mind a little bit but I think I knew in my uh my heart uh Winnipeg's where I wanted to you know, be and all that fun stuff. So take me through the last couple of months then in terms of the decision-making process was, was there a a thought or, or how did you arrive to the conclusion of Winnipeg? Yeah, I think, uh, so I'm my own agent. So that's always adds adds a little bit of interest, but you know, you have your end of the year meetings and uh, you know, at that point I, I let them know I wanted to be back and they, you know, said the same thing and it was just basically just getting to a point uh you know we have a lot of free agents this year so it was just kind of waiting for your turn to get the call then it was a fairly quick negotiation so how would you say your last season went you played every single game you tied your career high in sacks what was 2023 for you yeah, I think it was uh, another year of consistency. I think, you know, over the last five or six years, I've I've been pretty consistent, which, you know, early in my career, that was the main thing I wanted to get to, just not be someone that was up and down so much that, you know, uh, you know what you're going to get in and out every game. So I think consistency, leadership is something that I bring. And I think from a team perspective, obviously it was a successful year again you know going to the great cup but i don't think anyone's satisfied with just going to the great cup i think we're looking forward to taking that uh, next step this year you haven't missed a game since 2016 how much pride do you take in availability yeah a, a long time ago i i heard something it's kind of always stuck with me it was the best two abilities are availability and durability so uh i've been very fortunate in my career um you know, to be healthy. And, and a lot of that, you know, there's a lot of things you can do, but a lot of it's just luck. Like the guy next to you gets hurt or someone gets rolled up to next to you. And uh, I've just been fortunate that uh, knock on wood, nothing too serious has ever happened to myself. So part of it is luck for sure. But are there things you've done in your career to ensure that you're able to play every game? Yeah, I think just as you get, you get, as you get older, you, you learn what it, takes to stay on the field whether that be extra treatment physio chiro massage so i think the uh the older you get the more you realize how important the off the field stuff of taking care of your body and things things like that go into uh affect your performance and your uh, longevity 12 years now with the winnipeg blue bombers 
when you were drafted, did you did you have an idea in mind of how long you'd play? I would have been happy if I could have played 12 games. Uh, no, I, I think uh, anytime you're drafted, you, you hope it works out. But uh, I could have never imagined being in Winnipeg for 12 years. Uh, I'm super proud of it. But I think at the time of getting drafted, realistically, I just wanted to play one game. Then, uh, you know, play for a few years. I, I never imagined, you know, playing 12, 13 years with the Bombers. How have your goals shifted in your career from then to now? Yeah, I think the start of the my career, a lot of my goals would have just been uh, individually, you know, just make the team, you know, get a sack, things like that. Uh, the older you get, you realize the most important thing is just winning. And, uh, you know, I could care less what my statistics look like as long as we, at the end of the day, uh, you know, hopefully we can get back to being on top. Have you watched the Grey Cup game back? I have. I have. I, I, I'm one of those people that I need to watch film right right after. So I think it was a day or two after the game. I, I watched it quick. Then I probably couldn't watch it too seriously for a month or so. Then I watched it once more uh, then. But I, I haven't watched like the TSN or TV copy. That's what, Chris, yeah, that's what Chris Kolonkowski yeah. told me as well earlier this week, that he's watched the film hasn't watched the TV. So are you are you like him in that you're just looking at what your job looked like as opposed to just watching the game itself? Yeah, more so just watching myself and, you know, seeing plays because anytime a game's close like that, you you always want a play or two back. And, and if you don't watch it, it's just something that's going to keep you up and haunt you. And uh, regarding the game itself, I'm sure – I'm sure I'll see it at some point, but uh, it's kind of tough when you know what the outcome's got to be. But uh, yeah, it's always an interesting thing to go back and watch. Um, but uh, I don't know, maybe another month or two, I'll watch the TV copy, maybe to get going right before the season. You think that'll motivate you? Uh, I think so. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm. I'm curious. What does the off-season training regiment look like now for you, and how different is it from maybe a few years ago? Yeah, I think I think we're always changing. This actually should be my first year. I've been with my uh, personal trainer now for the last four or five years, but I think training's kind of changed a lot since I, you know, 2012 when I got started back then. It was, you know, lift heavy and you know move as much weight as possible. This year we've actually added. I'm wearing like a heart rate monitor and it tracks like what my heart zones are. And a lot of my training is based off recovery. So uh, I'm only one month into using this new system. So it's been interesting so far, but uh, pretty much, you know, lifting four or five days a week, then have a couple of recovery days throughout the week. So nothing too, too crazy, but uh, definitely I really enjoy the off season and, and the grind of getting your body back ready for the following season. So when you're not at the gym, what are you doing in the off season? So since COVID, I've actually, uh, I've uh, been in the real estate industry. So that keeps me fairly busy. And then when I'm not doing that, I, I have a two and a half year old and a half year old. So my days are quite chaotic right now. So are, are you just about ready for bed now then? Uh, if I didn't have this call, it's nine thirteen where I am right now. I, there's a strong possibility I'd be asleep. <laughs> well, I appreciate you staying up late for us here on, on CGOB. Jake, we'll let you go on that. Thanks for this, and uh, best of luck through the rest of the off season. We'll see you in the spring. 
Yeah, thanks for having me on. Uh, take care, guys. That is Jake Thomas, defensive tackle for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers out east, where he is from, New Brunswick. And uh, yeah, he's if you got two young kids and you're lifting weights all day and working a job. Producer Jason's nodding his head because he's got kids at home. Yep, he knows. It's it's enough to put you to bed. I go to bed at like 2 a.m. I don't have kids. Wouldn't you know? Jake, <laughs> Jason can't believe it. Winnipeg Jets swinging a trade five weeks ahead of the trade deadline as they've acquired Sean Monahan from the Montreal Canadiens for a first-round pick and a third-rounder three years from now that they'll only have to give up if they win the Stanley Cup. And if they win the Stanley Cup, they'll gladly give up that pick. Here to talk about that trade and more about the Jets is Scott Billick with the Winnipeg Sun. First of all, Scott, uh, do you care about the skills competition? No, I was laughing, sort of waiting to get on, come on the show uh, that you're, uh, how you described what they're doing, the stick handling. Because I'm like, yeah, this is awful. Like, <laughs> just like, like, I don't mind the hardest shot and I don't mind the fastest skater, but the I mean, classics. Yeah, well, that's what I was thinking. I was thinking this while I was waiting. I'm like, like I remember when like you would like you'd get hyped up for like the, some of the classic ones, especially like the hardest shot, because like back in the day, I mean, I'm of the vintage where I grew up in the '90s, so late '90s, you're watching some like really big dudes come up, take the hardest shot, and then, I mean, I, Al McKinnis was a little bit skinnier than, than than some of the other guys in my opinion, but he'd come up and he'd rip a hundred miles, and people were like jazzed about it, right? Like. Now it just seems like I don't know. I mean, you don't. It doesn't matter what size you are. You can hit the puck 100 miles an hour, and so it's like I don't know. It's just the I don't know what you would call it the the pantomime, whatever you want to call it. It's just not there anymore for me. So I'm, to and, be fair, yeah. from the NHL's point of view, and and there's more events now than there ever have been before, so they have to come up with something. But yeah, they're not they're not for us. They're not for people in their 30s and their 40s. It's for the kids, right? And if they care, that's really all that matters. I agree. Yeah, I mean, totally, right? I, I just think I've outgrown the All-Star game. That's and, fair. You know, and, and honestly, sometimes, like, covering this league like I do every night, you know, for, for the sun, it, it's just like, okay, some nights when I don't have to watch hockey, it's just nice not to watch hockey. I guess that's kind of where I'm at. <laughs> You'll watch uh, a, a non-sports program. That's fair. So, uh, NHL news today from Winnipeg's perspective, Sean Monahan is now a Jets. Is this yeah. something you saw coming? Um, I mean, I you know, saw coming. I, I think we we knew it was an option for the Jets, right? Like, I mean, obviously, you look at these trade bait lists, and and you're like, okay, well, there's Sean Monahan's name right under Elias Lindholm. And I think I think what I'm surprised about, or what I didn't see coming, was perhaps how quickly the Jets kind of reacted to the Elias Lindholm trade on Wednesday from Calgary to Vancouver, because the Jets were in on that. But I think as soon as you aren't the team that gets it. And you look at the, you know, the exorbitant price that that, that, that Vancouver play, paid for. I mean, you can understand why, you know, some teams would have been scared off from that, especially if you wonder what the Jets player was that they might've wanted off the roster. So, um, you know, I was surprised, I think, not that it was Sean Monaghan or that, you know, it was one of the centers on the trade baseball one of the known, I guess, commodities. But I was surprised about how quick the Jets did. And I, and I think the urgency kind of speaks to where, this team is at and where this team feels like it's at. It's like, instead of waiting till the last minute, then we've seen that bear before and we've been critical about that in the past. Um, you know, the jets are essentially the second team to make a big trade. Uh, and, and they got, you know, the, the, I don't know if you want to call them the second best center, 
you know, he, he was an option. I think he fits the bill for the Jets. Uh, he brings what this team needs, face-offs. They, they needed a second-line center, right? Like, just alone, like, him being a second-line center. And, and uh, you know, listening to Kevin Shovelday up, I haven't – I don't remember talking to Sean Monahan too often over the last 10 years. But, um, you know, from what Kevin Shovelday up said today – um, he brings a lot of character and 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 that sort of thing to a room that that is kind of built on that this year. The culture has changed here, and and Kevin Sheldon talked a lot about fit. And so when you hear him talking about the character of Sean Monahan, and you kind of you know you parallel that with the room with the, with this dressing room and how this team is built right now, it's not surprising, and it's and, and I'm not shocked that they went for a guy that that kind of has all you know. I guess let's say he ticks all the boxes uh, that, that they were looking for. I know that we shouldn't read too much into what people say on Twitter because it's generally <laughs> negatively skewed. I think the reaction yeah. I've seen for the most part is somewhat tepid. But again, we saw that last year too with the Nemestikov mm-hmm. and Niederreiter trades. And we have to wait more than a day to, to find out what the grade actually is on a trade. But overall, from Chevy's point of view, in terms of the options available for a, a center in a trade, it's with Lindholm off the market, there's, I'm not sure he could have done much better. Yeah, I mean, you look at it, you're looking at the guys that are on that list, and you know, I think the fourth guy on, on some of these lists was Jack Roslevic, right? Well, I don't think the Jets are going back to that well. And the other option was Adam Henrique. Um, and I think Adam Henrique would have been a solid option as well. Um, albeit a little bit older, although he has a bit of experience in the playoffs, um, but so does Sean Monahan. I, I think, I think the reason for some of the tepidness, you know, to use your word, is I think people are sort of, you know, one, he's not Elias Lindholm, so I think people are like, well, why didn't they get the biggest piece? And it's just like, yeah, but you know, you say that now and then, but um, you know, if they would have got a Lindholm, the people probably would have balked at the price. So I mean, I, I think there's there, there's partly that. And I think there's just some worry with when it comes to Sean Monaghan because of the fact that he's battled through some injuries. I, I was listening to the show earlier, and you, you were talking about it uh, and some of the, his injury history over the last few years, and things have happened. Um, so I think that's the other part of it too, right? I mean, I, I think anybody that you, you talk to analytically about this guy, they're all positive about it. Um, you know, he's it not had the best year in terms of analytics in Montreal, but you wouldn't you wouldn't necessarily expect that for a guy playing on a team that's as poor as the Canadians are this season. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think there's reason to be excited because you ha- you have a, a, a center that isn't too far removed from being a 30 goal scorer in this league. And he's only 29 years old. And, and, you know, if, if, if Shovel Dayoff, if Kevin Shovel Dayoff is, 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 is accurate with what he's saying, I mean, Sean Monahan put in a lot of work. To come back from obviously he had the um, he had the his first injury and it's blanking me now because it was a few years ago. Um, but then he had the groin injury that that basically reduced him to 25 games last season, and so he hadn't played a lot of hockey. But if you look at the way that he's played this year, one he's been healthy the whole time. He hit his bonus of playing 26 games, which was one more one more game than he played last year. But he's taken the opportunity, right? And I think right now. Whether or not Sean Monahan is a long-term player for the Jets or just a rental, at, at the current moment, you have a motivated player who's leading a bit of his own kind of resurgence in his career, um, and 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 he's playing for a contract. And I think those are all good things that you would want from a, a player who's who is expected to come in and help this team um, do a lot of things: score, power play, faceoffs, all those type of things. So. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, if that's the Twitter reaction, whatever. I mean, again, I mean, I, I think it's Elliot Friedman that talks about how Twitter's like maybe like 10% of, you know, whatever the population in the world. And so it's not really an accurate portrayal of what's out there. But I, I honestly think, I mean, just thinking about the trade today and have we done all all day since this took place, I'm like, you know, th- this could be a really good move for a team that didn't necessarily have to give up a whole lot. And, you know, if we want to talk about this first round pick, we can, but we got to realize that at the same time, there might be as few as a, a several picks, a few as few as a few picks in between what the Jets first round pick and the second round one that they own from the Montreal Canadiens that they got in the Pierre-Luc Dubois trade in the summer. You know, I, I imagine that, you know, if you're picking at 28, 29, 30, maybe we can even talk about 32 at some point. <laughs> but, you know, if you're picking there and then you have Montreal's second round pick, you might be picking in the mid-30s to the, you know, early 40s. At that point, listening to the experts about what's available in this draft, the drop-off happens around the 20th pick. So at that point, you're pretty much, you have a lottery ticket. Um, and the lottery ticket, I mean, you're moving it back a few picks, but we've seen this Jets scouting staff, you know, pull off some pretty good picks in the later rounds of the draft. So, yeah, I, I, I think it's a good deal. I mean, at the end of the day, I'm looking at it, you know, trying to look at it objectively and all that stuff. And, and to me, I see a good deal for, for both sides, but for the Jets, they got what they needed. And they got it a month earlier than, well, five weeks really earlier than, than sort of expected. So it's hard to go wrong, right? I mean, I think there's there's time for Sean Monahan a month a month more than some guys normally get at this time of the year to kind of get acquainted and settled into this roster, into this city. And uh, yeah, I think that that can only benefit the Jets. I think that's a big part of this, and and I guess. Credit Jim Rutherford because he gets the ball rolling. He did last year, too, trading Bo Horvat right on the eve of the All-Star weekend. Does it again in acquiring Elias Lindholm. And the Jets see that and just say, well, let's just do it now. Why wait? And that's 15 more games you get out of Sean Monahan for that first-round pick he gave up. Exactly, right? I mean, I, I think that's worth its weight in gold, right? I mean, you're literally going to have 15 more games to work out whatever, you know, kinks there might be in in in, in him kind of just getting settled. Maybe he just hits the ground running, but you. But even if he doesn't, you have time, as, as you know, to, to figure out, you know, who might be his best line mates. Where you know, where you're going to play him on the power play, uh, what situations you're going to put him in for faceoffs, which are on this team, he might be every single one of them. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think there's just a lot of time. Uh, you know, the Jets bought some extra time this, and honestly, they, they did it for a first round pick. I mean, you know, the and like you said off the top, I mean, they'd be very happy. Uh, to give up that that third rounder and whatever four years from now three years from now um, they'd be happy to give away that I mean I think th- this is this is the the thing about this year and maybe the best or the most interesting thing that kind of stood out to me today was how I don't want to call it proactive uh, but but maybe that is the right word it, you know the Jets saw the best center off the board go they were in on that according to reports according to what I've heard. It didn't work out, and so they went out and immediately they, they sensed the urgency, and they went out and got the player that they felt was um, that could that, that that could fill some of the voids in their lineup. So, uh, I mean, if you're a fan of this team, I think that's a good sign as to where this team feels it can go. And you know, you look at the cap hit, and it's less than two million, just a sh- I think fifteen thousand dollars short of, of of two million AAV. 
the Jets would have up to, and it just depends on who comes back in the lineup, all that. Jets might have pretty close to $5 million at, at, at the deadline. Right now it's sitting at 3.2, but they can, you know, finagle the roster a little bit and, and, and kind of, you know, eke out a little bit more. But the point is that they have money to still go out there and maybe take a stab at a, let's say, a Chris Tanev or somebody like that um, to kind of just bolster the roster further. And then, yeah, I mean, uh, Kevin Trevor Davis sort of said it today. Uh, he kind of he said, it, he's like, this is a good position to be in, right? And and that's where they are. They're in a good spot right now. Um, and the players, I think, are going to respond to this when they get back from the break because I think as a player, talking to some of the guys from last year, um, you know, they felt like they should have been invested in. Well, this year, they've been invested in a month earlier than usual. So, um, yeah, I think this is only a good thing for the team moving forward. So we'll get to head here on, out of here on this then. Regarding what can happen now, what do you think you'll see? We'll see from Shovel Day off in the next month. Is it going to be a defense? And what do you think should be at the top of their to-do list? I, I mean, I, I still like the idea of Chris Tanev. I like the way that the guy plays. Uh, I like the idea that he rounds out the depth on that defense. He could also play. Uh, you know, some of the analytics guys think he can play with Josh Morrissey. Um, you know, but I mean, that only makes Winnipeg's roster, you know, defensive six better because you'd be able to put Dylan DeMello in, in a different spot and, and that would work. But even if you didn't do that, I think Chris Tanna brings you the ruggedness, the, you know, the, 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 the wanting to you put his face on the line. Right. I mean, there's, there's a lot of things that this guy has done over the years um, that make him a good candidate, but I think there's others too. I mean, you could look at a, maybe a Nick Sealer or a Sean Walker in Philadelphia. If those guys are going to be available um, um, before, you know, at, at around the deadline or even if they're available now. I mean, there, there's ways to augment the roster. You could also look for another bottom six forward. Um, and, and, I mean, I mean there's, there's a lot of options for those uh, right now as well. But, I mean, I think the next, I think the next thing, too, I mean, if they went out and thought in Chris Tanev in the next week or so or leading up or even at the deadline, I think that Jets have done a pretty good job at bolstering the lineup, especially going into the playoffs where, you know, you need sort of, you know, quote-unquote insurance policies. And the Jets got one today, I think, uh, a guy that could potentially cover off injuries if, if they need them, especially we've seen how how impactful the injury to Mark Shifley has been um, to this team. Um, so I think the Jets took a step today of kind of build, some built-in insurance here, but they've also made their roster better when everybody's healthy. Scott, thanks for this. Appreciate it. And we'll see you at the rink pretty soon. Yeah, sounds good. Appreciate it, Christian. Thanks. Scott Billick, you can find his work in the Winnipeg Sun. Well, thank you very much for listening to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. If you like what you heard, guess what? You can hear more every weeknight on CJOB from 6.30 to 9 p.m. Thanks again for tuning in. Subscribe if you'd like. We're available on iTunes and other places I'd imagine. So farewell. Until we meet again. So sad that it should come to this We try to warn you over the